Hello? 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 Yes, this is MCO. Hello? This is MCO. Hello? Hello? This is another MCO and transmission. All right. Welcome back to the Lotus Underground. I'm MC Owens, and today I'm doing another sutra recitation for my Patreon supporters and for everyone who listens to the Lotus Underground SoundCloud page. I really appreciate you tuning in. Today I'm reading a sutra called the Bahuvedaniya Sutta, which is translated as the Many Kinds of Feeling in the uh, Wisdom Publication Edition that I'm using. This is a sutta from the Majjhima Nikaya, the middle-length discourses of the Buddha, translated by Bhikkhu Nanyamoli and Bhikkhu Bodhi. Uh, this is sutta number 59 in that collection. Uh, for those of you who may not know, I teach a class every Sunday night for the San Francisco Dharma Collective uh, called the Dharma Doors. Uh, that's at 7 p.m., And I actually gave a Dharma talk on this sutra a number of months ago, uh, which you can check out on the SFDC YouTube channel. Uh, But I wanted to do this reading, though, because I think it's a really important sutra for a number of reasons, and I wanted to do a nice, clean reading of it. Uh, First off, regarding the title, The uh, Many Kinds of Feeling, uh, this sutra is about Vedana, Uh, which is often translated as feeling, but it should really be translated as sensation because it refers to the activity or at least the responses to the activity of our sensory organs. Um, Vidana is also one of the five skandhas, right? One of the five aggregates or aggregations creating the self or the illusion of the self uh, along with physical form perception, conditioning, and consciousness. Um, And as the sutra that I'm going to read states, the Buddha gave a lot of different teachings regarding Vedana, uh, these sensations, sometimes qualifying two types of sensations, bodily and mental, sometimes qualifying three types of sensations, negative or painful, positive or pleasant, Um, and neutral, neither pleasant nor painful. Uh, And in fact, there's a little-known sutra called On the Theme of the 108, which is found in the Samyutta Nikaya, the Connected Discourses of the Buddha. And in that little sutra, the Buddha lists a total of 108 different kinds of sensations. And these are referenced in the sutra that I'm about to read. And I know there's a lot of curiosity about the significance of the number 108 in Indian religion. And although I haven't done a ton of research on this subject, this little sutra gives what is, at least to my knowledge, one of the earliest, oldest Buddhist explanations for the significance of that number 108. Um, In addition to the two kinds of sensations, bodily and mental, and the three kinds of sensations, negative, positive, and neutral, the Buddha goes on to describe five kinds of sensation, pleasurable, painful, joyful, grief, and equanimity, six kinds of sensations, which are sensations of the eye, sensations of the ear, 
nose, tongue, body, and then brain or mind. 18 kinds of sensation, which are the six different kinds of sensations I just mentioned, which is of the eye, ear, nose, tongue, body, or brain or mind, experienced as joyful, grief, or as equanimous. There's also 36 kinds of sensations listed, which are the 18 kinds of sensations that I just mentioned as experienced by a layperson or a householder, and then the same 18 kinds of sensation experienced by a monastic. So those are the 36 kinds. And then finally, the Buddha in that sutra describes 108 kinds of sensations, which are the 36 kinds of sensations I just mentioned experienced in the past, experienced in the present, or experienced in the future. Uh, the reason why I wanted to say all that, though, is because the sutra I'm about to read assumes that you've read that sutra. And although the Buddha mentions the 2, 3, 5, 6, 18, 36, and 108 kinds of sensations, he doesn't actually say what they are. So I wanted you to know that going into this, um, and then definitely go check out that sutra on the theme of the 108 if you're more interested in that. Um, other than that, I just have two quick, two other quick things to say about the sutra. Uh, the reason I originally chose to teach it for my Dharma Doors class is because it starts off with a very interesting exchange between a monk and a householder. Um, and they have a disagreement about whether the Buddha taught that there are two kinds of sensations or that there are three kinds of sensations. They both think that they are right and the other person is wrong. Interestingly, they both turn out to be right in that the Buddha did teach both of those things, but they are also both wrong in that they won't accept that what the other person is saying is right. So it also turns out to be this really great teaching about attachment to views or opinions and this, this incredible idea that both people could be right at the same time. <laughs> uh, the other thing I want to say is that uh, one reason I want to do these sutra recitations for my SoundCloud is because when you read a text like this, especially in the Wisdom Publication Editions, they tend to omit a lot of the repetitive parts. So, for example, if a sutra has a paragraph of text, say, about the sensations of the eye, it will just have a few ellipses or a few dots indicating that the same paragraph of text should re be repeated but for the ear and then repeated again for the nose and the tongue, body, and brain. I understand omitting these repetitions for the sake of reading and not having, you know, hundreds of pages of, of text in that way. But as I often like to remind people, reading suttas or sutras is a meditative act. And these repetitions are actually supposed to be a little hypnotic. And so in my recitations, I like to read the text in its entirety with, with all of those repetitions uh, to give you, the listener, a better sense for how these sutras should feel. Okay, that's it. Uh, thanks again for listening. Once again, big shout out to my Patreon supporters. Thank you for keeping the Dharma dream alive. 
to find out more about my Dharmadorch class or to attend, you can go to sfdharmacollective.org. Uh, and, oh, oh, and by the way, if you don't know, I also uh, myself offer private Dharma tutoring. This is for people who are interested in Buddhism and would like to learn more about the different kinds of practices that are available or the history of the tradition or exploring different ideas or for people who want to do very close readings of sutras. That's sort of, of course, what I specialize in is doing sutra study. And so if people have a specific sutra that they're very interested in, I like to offer my services as a tutor. So if you'd like to find out more about that, you can write me an email at mcharlesowens, all one word, all lowercase, at gmail.com. All right, thanks again for tuning in and enjoy the sutta. The Bahuvedaniya Sutta the many kinds of feeling. Thus have I heard. On one occasion the Blessed One was living at Shravasti in Jetta's Grove, Anathapindika's park. Then the carpenter Panchakanga went to the venerable Udayin, and after paying homage to him he sat down at one side and asked him, Venerable Sir, how many kinds of feeling have been stated by the Blessed One? Three kinds of feeling have been stated by the Blessed One, Householder. Pleasant feeling, painful feeling, and neither painful nor pleasant feeling. These three kinds of feeling have been stated by the Blessed One. Not three kinds of feeling have been stated by the Blessed One, Venerable Udayin. Two kinds of feeling have been stated by the Blessed One. Pleasant feeling and painful feeling. This neither painful nor pleasant feeling has been stated by the Blessed One as a peaceful and sublime kind of pleasure. A second time and a third time the Venerable Udayin stated his position, and a second time and a third time the carpenter Panchakanga stated his. But the Venerable Udayin could not convince the carpenter Panchakanga, nor could the carpenter Panchakanga convince the Venerable Udayin. The Venerable Ananda heard their conversation. Then he went to the Blessed One, and after paying homage to him, he sat down at one side and reported to the Blessed One the entire conversation between the Venerable Udayin and the carpenter Panchakanga. When he had finished, the Blessed One told the Venerable Ananda, Ananda, it was actually a true presentation that the carpenter Panchakanga would not accept from Udayin. And... It was actually a true presentation that Udayin would not accept from the carpenter Panchakanga. I have stated two kinds of feeling in one presentation. I have stated three kinds of feeling in another presentation. I have stated five kinds of feeling in another presentation. I have stated six kinds of feeling in another presentation. I have stated 18 kinds of feeling in another presentation. I have stated 36 kinds of feelings in another presentation. I have stated 108 kinds of feeling in another presentation. That is how the Dharma has been shown by me in many different presentations. When the Dharma has been shown by me in these different presentations, it may be expected of those who will not concede, 
allow and accept what is well stated and well spoken by others, that they will take to quarreling, brawling and disputing, stabbing each other with verbal daggers. But it may be expected of those who concede, allow and accept what is well stated and well spoken by others, that they will live in concord, with mutual appreciation, without disputing, blending like milk and water, viewing each other with kindly eyes. Ananda, there are these five cords of sensual pleasure. What are the five? Visible forms cognizable by the eye that are wished for, desired, agreeable and likable, connected with sensual desire and provocative of craving. Sounds cognizable by the ear that are wished for, desired, agreeable and likable, connected with sensual desire and provocative of craving. Odors cognizable by the nose that are wished for, desired, agreeable, and likable, connected with sensual desire and provocative of craving. Flavors cognizable by the tongue that are wished for, desired, agreeable, and likable, connected with sensual desire and provocative of craving. Tangibles cognizable by the body that are wished for, desired, agreeable, and likable, connected with sensual desire and provocative of craving. These are the five chords of sensual pleasure. Now, the pleasure and joy that arise dependent on these five chords of sensual pleasure, that is called sensual pleasure. Should anyone say that is the utmost pleasure and joy that beings experience? I would not concede that to him. Why is that? because there is another kind of pleasure, loftier and more sublime than that pleasure. And what is that other kind of pleasure? Here, Ananda, quiet, secluded from sensual pleasures, secluded from unwholesome states of mind, a bhikkhu enters upon and abides in the first dhyana, which is accompanied by applied and sustained thought with rapture and pleasure born of seclusion. This is that other kind of pleasure, loftier and more sublime than the previous pleasure. Should anyone say that is the utmost pleasure and joy that beings experience, I would not concede that to him. Why? Because there is another kind of pleasure, loftier and more sublime than that pleasure. And what is that other kind of pleasure? Here, Ananda, with the stilling of applied and sustained thought, a bhikkhu enters upon and abides in the second jhana, which has self-confidence and singleness of mind without applied and sustained thought, with rapture and pleasure born of concentration. This is that other kind of pleasure, loftier and more sublime than the previous pleasure. Should anyone say, that is the utmost pleasure and joy that beings experience, I would not concede that. Why? Because there is another kind of pleasure, loftier and more sublime than that pleasure. And what is that other kind of pleasure? Here, Ananda, with the fading away as well of rapture, 
A bhikkhu abides in equanimity, mindful and fully aware, and still feeling pleasure with the body, enters upon and abides in the third jhana, on account of which the noble ones say, One has a pleasant abiding who has equanimity and is mindful. This is that other kind of pleasure, loftier and more sublime than that previous pleasure. And should anyone say, that is the utmost pleasure and joy that beings experience, I would not concede that. Why? Because there is another kind of pleasure, loftier and more sublime than that pleasure. And what is that other kind of pleasure? Here, Ananda, with the abandoning of pleasure and pain, and with the previous disappearance of joy and grief, a bhikkhu enters upon and abides in the fourth jhana, which has neither pain nor pleasure and purity of mindfulness due to such equanimity. This is that other kind of pleasure, loftier and more sublime than the previous pleasure. And should anyone say that is the utmost pleasure and joy that beings experience, I would not concede that. Why? Because there is another kind of pleasure, loftier and more sublime than that pleasure. And what is that other kind of pleasure? Here, Ananda, with the complete surmounting of perceptions of form, with the disappearance of perceptions of sensory impact, with non-attention to perceptions of diversity, aware that space is infinite, a bhikkhu enters upon and abides in the base of infinite space. This is that other kind of pleasure loftier and more sublime than the previous pleasure. And should anyone say that is the utmost pleasure and joy that beings experience, I would not concede that. Why? Because there is another kind of pleasure, loftier and more sublime than that pleasure. And what is that other kind of pleasure? Here, Ananda, by completely surmounting the base of infinite space, aware that consciousness is infinite, a bhikkhu enters upon and abides in the base of infinite consciousness. This is that other kind of pleasure, loftier and more sublime than the previous pleasure. Should anyone say, that is the utmost pleasure and joy that beings experience, I would not concede that. Why? Because there is another kind of pleasure, loftier and more sublime than that pleasure. And what is that other kind of pleasure? Here, Ananda, by completely surmounting the base of infinite consciousness, aware that there is nothing, a bhikkhu enters upon and abides in the base of nothingness. This is that other kind of pleasure, loftier and more sublime than the previous pleasure. Should anyone say, that is the utmost pleasure and joy that beings experience. I would not concede that. Why? Because there is another kind of pleasure, loftier and more sublime than that pleasure. And what is that other kind of pleasure?
here, Ananda, by completely surmounting the base of nothingness, a bhikkhu enters upon and abides in the base of neither perception nor non-perception. This is that other kind of pleasure, loftier and more sublime than the previous pleasure. Should anyone say, that is the utmost pleasure and joy that beings experience, I would not concede that. Why? Because there is another kind of pleasure, loftier and more sublime than that pleasure. And what is that other kind of pleasure? Here, Ananda, by completely surmounting the base of neither perception nor non-perception, a bhikkhu enters upon and abides in the cessation of perception and feeling. This is that other kind of pleasure loftier and more sublime than the previous pleasure. It is possible, Ananda, that wanderers of other sects might speak thus, the recluse Gotama speaks of the cessation of perception and feeling, and he describes that as pleasure. What is this? How is this? Wanderers of other sects who speak thus should be told. Friends, the Blessed One describes pleasure not only with reference to pleasant feeling. Rather, friends, the Tathagata, Thus come one describes as pleasure any kind of pleasure wherever and in whatever way it is found. That is what the Blessed One said. The Venerable Ananda was satisfied and delighted in the Blessed One's words.